glad you're here this morning. I believe God has a word, and I, I want to get right into it. Uh, there are just so many things that are in my heart this morning, so many things that are sort of overflowing, like Lisa, my, my life. Uh, I'm wearing this shirt in honor and memory of everything in Maui, and, and uh, 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 Andrew did as well, because he hears from God, so two of us did. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, but, but I think if you just pray, that's the point. Just pray for the incredible loss and just everything that, that is going on there. Uh, there's disasters all over the place, all the time. But one of the things, that we, it, like Lisa was saying, because we were just there in that city, at that place, talking to those people, it just feels so close to us. And uh, we will try to do something. I'll mention that at the, at the end of the, of the service for each one of you. But not long after we arrived in Maui, we uh, wanted some of the uh, extended family that we were at and everything, decided they wanted to go for a, a walk. They like trails. So Lisa and I said, yeah, we'll take you, you know, because I needed someone to take you. Everyone else was going to lay around the pool, but no, not Lisa and I. But anyway, that's beside the point. We decided we we're going to do that, so we took, took our sons and um, some, of the, some of their cousins, and we, we decided to go walk on a Maui trail, which was a lot of fun, except it was straight up. Literally straight up the mountain. Because that's all there is. I mean, you're either walking into the sea or you're walking up the mountain. That's all there is. And so we're, we're walking and breathing sort of heavy, thinking. And, but we would stop every now and then to, you know, just to look at the scenery, not because we need to catch our breath or anything. We just look, look at the scenery. Why is that funny? That's not funny. We're, just, we're, we're in a health journey. So we stopped and, we, and, and the sight, oh my goodness, beautiful. I mean, just the mountain and the wind blowing and, and it. it so it was just captivating, but there was a moment that we just stopped and sort of froze for a second because a siren ran off. It was, and I, you couldn't tell where it was coming from. I, I couldn't tell if it was up the mountain, down the hill, where it was, but it just filled the whole, the whole mountain. And we're just sitting there and we thought, eh, there, there's a siren going off. And we sort of looked at each other like, should we worry about this? Should we, what, did, what does this mean? I don't know. And so we sort of came to the conclusion making ourselves feel better, there's no real crisis, even though a siren's going off. Hang on to that. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. There's no real crisis because a siren's going off. It must be a warning for a tsunami. And if there really was a tsunami, we're halfway up the mountain, so we're good. Forget about the rest of my family that's down there by, but that's beside the point. <laughs> so we just sort of went on our way and enjoyed, enjoyed our life. Long after that, we were walking around, and I was, we were at that banyan tree and talking to the shop owners and stuff. And as I reflected on that, as I reflected on that whole moment, I had something like a moment like Lisa was, was talking about, and I, and I thought, God, what if, you, what if you told me? What if I had been open and sensitive enough to hear the Holy Spirit, and I had warned everyone, said, it's all going to burn! <laughs> Now, you can imagine what that would come across as. If I'm standing on the street corner, you think you had no idea your pastor was that way, right? And I'm yelling, it's all going to burn. Some might listen. Many wouldn't. Because it's hard to prepare for a crisis. I mean, we do that here, right? We have the, the hurricanes that are coming, and it's a prepare, 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 prepare. How many do? Eh, maybe we got a... We got a um, generator or whatever, but I, I don't know how you prepare for what those incredible people are, 
are suffering and dealing with in mountains? How do you prepare for a, a wall of fire that's 80 miles an hour coming right at you? How do you prepare for that? It seems almost impossible to do that. It's hard to prepare for a crisis. But I think what happens is then we develop this attitude, we develop this, 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 this uh, perception that we can't really prepare, so we just live from crisis to crisis. We sort, and that's the way the world does. We, the, the world has, a, has an ER mentality. You know, just if you make it through this one, just hang on until you get to the next one. And then somehow you can make it through that one. And we have this mentality of going from crisis to crisis to crisis. The problem with that is that you're just surviving and you're not thriving. And spiritually speaking, I believe with all my heart, it's easy to fall into that same type of mentality, the world ER, the world uh, 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 response of, of just, I just got to get through this crisis. If I somehow, I just got to make it. But God has something so much bigger for us. We were never designed just to survive, but to thrive. How do we survive? How do we do that? How do we move from going through? Because I'm not saying crisis won't come. <laughs> You might be facing a wall of fire right now in your life, in your family, in your business, in your finances. I don't know. Odds are many of you are. <laughs> because they, they always come. But the point is, how do we change that mentality of just surviving to thriving? But this is what you need to understand. You've got to stay with me because this is a very metaphorical picture message this morning. See, God's ER is very, very different from the world's. Completely different, I would say. The, the children of Israel, this isn't new. The children of Israel, they dealt with the same thing. They had the world's mentality of just dealing from crisis to crisis. If you go to the book of Judges, it's a great book to study. <laughs> because this is what you find. They love God. They're serving God. God, you're amazing. You're wonderful like that. And then pretty soon, forget about all that. And they're just living like they want, acting like they want, behaving like they want. Pressure comes, crisis comes, everything goes wrong, everything falls apart. Then they cry out to God. God sends a judge, a rescuer, someone who comes along and sets them free. And it's like, oh, back to worshiping God. And then the cycle repeats over and over and over and over and over again. Am I describing your life? <laughs> it's like, oh, God, yes, good, I love you. No, forget, no, move, move, move. And we go back and forth and back and forth and back. In fact, in Judges 3, 7, it says the Israelites did evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. But here was the real evil. They forgot the Lord. They just forgot what God had done. They forgot the Lord, their God, and they began to serve other gods, their own things, their own way, their own vision, their own plans, their own purpose, their own desires. Just to bring it home to where we live. Just to bring it home. This is where we're at right now. This, we do our own thing and we forget about how God's doing. This morning I want to start a series. This is three weeks. And I want you to do everything you can to be here. These, these, this, of course, you're here this week. Good job. <laughs> but everyone that's watching, be here the next week and the next week and bring someone. We'll add, we'll add rows. Only if you promise that all you come back and then bring someone else. <laughs> so, but you know what? I believe God wants to speak to us about how do we live very differently? How do we thrive in an ER world? Because this world is ER. There will be crisis. 
you will face crisis. I'm telling you, and we'll talk about some of that later on, but you will face crisis. How do we thrive? How do we change this mentality of just surviving and going? And the only way to do that, <laughs> stay with me, is that we have to have God's ER and not the world's. Now, I know ER stands for emergency response, but God's ER is completely different. God's ER is wiser ER. Get that? Stay with me. Deeper, stronger. It's wiser. We have to live wise. You will not survive, and you will not just begin to thrive and only survive unless you are wiser. You've got to be wiser. You must be wiser. You have to be deeper. We are not deep enough in what God wants us to do and who God is. We are not. We, need, we must be deeper. You will not survive the crisis. You will not thrive in between all these crises if you're not wiser, if you're not deeper, and if you're not stronger. And we all, oh, I want that one, God. I want to be stronger. And I'm telling you, God has all three for us. You say, Craig, I, I, I don't feel very wise, or I'm certainly not deep or strong. Uh, so let's step into God's ER, because I think God has something for you this morning. So this morning, we're just going to talk about how to be wiser, how to be wiser, how to, how to understand that. So this is back to school week. How many went back to school? There's a few of you went back to school. That's really cool. How many say, I'll never go back to school? <laughs> well, then listen to the sermon because that's what this is. Back to school, living wiser. Oh, no. They're thinking, great, I don't want to go back to school. You know, I got one son that just got out of school that will never go back. You know, he's been there for long enough. And others that said, that's done, whatever. I don't know where you're at, but come on. This is back to school week. We need to go back to school. We need to learn what does it mean to live wiser. What, is it, what does God mean? How do I do that? How do I live God's ER, wiser? God's way of looking at things completely un- different from what we've uh, understood before. Now, the first thing I need to lay out, just, just as a foundation, I wish I could spend more time on it, is you do not try to understand what God is doing in your life, who God is, what, what God is working to become his disciple. No, 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 no. That is not the goal of today. It's to get you smarter or get you to understand more so that you can become a disciple, a good disciple. That's not it. It's the other way around. It's just the opposite. You become his disciple so that you can understand. And you think, what does that mean? What's the nuance of that? I'm telling you, the nuance of that is if you're trying to do this in your own effort, if you're trying to be wiser in your own uh, ability, you'll never get there. You'll never, ever get there. But if you understand, say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be your disciple so that then I can understand. That's what Jesus taught. That's what we need to understand. And and, and in essence, everything about that is is not forgetting what God has done so that you will know what he is doing. (laughs) That's a whole sermon. I can just stop right there. Some of you clap. No, just go on. It's, It's... understanding what he has done or the old so that you can grasp what he will do, (laughs) what he is doing. And we don't understand what he's doing. We don't understand the crisis and how God's going to work all this out because we have forgotten the old. So we don't perceive the new. 
And both are absolutely true. It's not forgetting what God has done. It's moving into what God will do. But understanding God's wisdom, like I said, is different. It really is different. 1 Corinthians 1.25, it says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Let me just put this in a picture. That's what today is about. I'm going to give you a bunch of pictures. And this picture is very simple. All of our ability, all of our good efforts, all of our hard work, everything that we'll do, that gets us, if it, if it took you to the very, 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 very top of what you could ever perceive or ever understand, it is still far below the bottom <laughs> or what we might consider the foolishness of what God is. So if it's that big of a disconnect, how do we get there? How do we move from what we understand here into what God wants us to understand? The perception of God, which is so much bigger. The bottom is the very simplicity of the gospel. It is the very essence of understanding what Jesus was talking about. And that seems so, sometimes so much farther than, than we can even grasp and even understand. We cannot say, I'm going to learn this, I'm going to learn this. That's backwards. Instead, say, I'm going to be in God. I'm going to be in God. I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do everything I can. So that we begin then to understand things that we could never understand. That's what God wants us, has us, and that's what God wants to do. And you might say, how do I live wiser? How do I really move into God's ER? If it's that far above me, Greg, if, if his wisdom and, and his understanding of how do I live and how do I behave and how do I uh, process these crises that I'm going, if it's so much further, if it's so much greater, how do I do that? How do I live above that? I want to start with Matthew chapter 13. It's a great chapter. It's filled with stories. <laughs> it's just one story after another. And that's the way Jesus taught continually. And, and just to let you know how the Bible works, <laughs> Uh, the Old Testament is story so that we understand, this is the old. Jesus then talked about stories to bring the old to the new, to explain it. And then the rest of the New Testament is just explaining the stories that Jesus taught. <laughs> and that's the gospel of who he is and what he's doing. So to understand it, it's filled with what we call parables. Now a parable is, is just an extended simile. A simile means it has like or as in it. <laughs> so he compares the kingdom of heaven... Here's the kingdom of heaven, and I'm going to compare it to this so that you can understand it. That's what it's filled with. I wish I could spend, you know, two days, three days just talking about these incredible parables because they're filled with stories of life and hope and how do we live and how do we behave. But I need to jump ahead to the very end of chapter 13 because at the end of chapter 13, something different happens that if you're not careful, it's easy to just miss, right, miss it and Fly right by it. Because Jesus, after teaching all these stories, all these parables, he looks at his disciples, all of them, not just the 12. They're all these big group of disciples there. And he says, okay, did you understand what I just told you? What I just talked to you? Did you understand the story I gave you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> of course, their immediate response is yes, which I just find fascinating. It's a very simple little yes <laughs> nothing else. Now, we know later on they were asking questions, so we're thinking, no, you didn't really get it. But that's okay. Jesus didn't condemn them and say, no, you didn't. He, he didn't do any of that. He just went on to say, 
Basically, let me give you another parable, another story that will be the key to unlock everything I just taught. And I really believe that this one little parable is the story, is the key that unlocks so much in your life, that will unlock so much of even understanding what God's Word is talking about, what God wants to do in our life. And let me look at it, Matthew chapter 13, and it's just one verse, 52. He said to them, after they said yes, therefore, okay, so what is the therefore? If I've not taught you anything, <laughs> what is the therefore? The therefore is, means that he's re, uh, going, drawing back on everything he's, he just said. Because I taught this, therefore, listen to this. Every teacher of the law, or uh, it literally means scribe, uh, another way to just put it into our terminology, student. Every student of, the, of God's word who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven. So there it is. He's comparing the kingdom of heaven. So if you are a disciple, a student, a believer this morning, a Christian of the kingdom of heaven, every one of you, all of you, is like, and then he compares it. And he says, you are like, you are just like an owner of a house who brings out his, of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. <laughs> You're just thinking, and? Doesn't it seem like there should be something there? Like the rest of the story, like, and some rejected it, and some like this, and some like that, you know, or he tripped on the way in and couldn't bring anything out. I don't know, just something. Tell the story. But that's all it is, because that is the simplicity of the gospel for you. That is the, sim the simple message that God wants us to understand. What is he talking about? You are just like a store owner. Probably the better way to say that is a family leader. You are responsible for your family. And you go into your storeroom and you say, well, what's a storeroom? What, is, what does that have there? And it has my gold, my silver? No, no, no. It has something much more precious. It has the food. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> it has the food, the good stuff, the old stuff, the old wine, the good wine, the... the uh, uh, I thought I'd get an amen on the wine or something. But anyway, it has... It has the, the new food, the new fruit, the new vegetables, it has everything in there. And you are like someone who goes into the depth and the wealth of everything that's in that to provide for the family, and you're pulling out the old, you're pulling out the new. That is the message of the gospel. The storeroom is new food, old food, the old and the new. It's really about the old and the new. You see... Sometimes we get stuck on only the old. And it's easy to do that. Oh, I do that, and I believe this, and that happened then, and I'm going to do this, and, and this is what God did then. And, like, and we just get stuck on the And you miss the new. If your life isn't filled with new every day, the new mercies of God that has every day, you're missing so much. On the other hand, there are some that have itching ears and only want the new. Give me the new. Give me the new. I want the new. What's the new word, Greg? What's the new revelation, Greg? What's the new thing? Come on, give me the new. Give me the new. And you aren't living the old. God says, love him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all your soul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's old. Give me something good. Give me something new. And you miss the whole point of the old and the new. Both. See, God worked in the past. Oh, you got to get this. I love this. God worked in the past. God was faithful. God did miracles. God brought us through. 
Do you have a crisis God brought you through? you have a, a miracle that God did in your life? you have a stirring or something? God, I remember that. I remember that. You see, when you call up the old, then all of a sudden you're able to remember, yes, that means God's going to do it now. That means God can do something in my life right now, today. That means it's not just in the past because the proof of that God is going to answer the miracle that you're believing for, that you're hoping for right now, this very moment, is because God did. <laughs> God did, and God is the same. He is not different yesterday and today. He is the very same God. And the God that worked a miracle then, the God that saved you way back when, is the God that's going to save you now. This God that's going to save your family now. It's God that's going to turn around things that you think are hopeless. Why? Because God did it, and God can. And you've got to get that old and that new of how God works together and how God puts this together for us in our life. You see, I remember the miracles of long ago, David said. I remember the miracles. David was in a bad place. Bad place. You ever been in a bad place? Maybe, maybe that's not you. But sometimes people get in bad places, and that's where David is. He says, man, I was in a bad place. Man, that was just real hard. And now he says, I remember the miracles of long ago. I remember, I remember your ways, <laughs> that they are holy now. Do you see what he just did? I remember this, so I know you're holy now. That's the old and the new. That's the gospel. That's the truth of your life. That's what God is doing. And it's so easy to go, but God, you won't do it this time. Yeah, just this time, just you. He doesn't care. He's not faithful. He's not going to be uh, um, uh, true to his word just for you, just this time. No! God is true, has been true, will be true, and will be right now in your life. He will be. He is. And we have to get to see David brought out of his soul the old of what he did. And it helped him perceive to understand the new. And I need us to do that this morning. God, you're faithful. I remember when, God. I do that. I do that for this church. God, I remember when you gave me that school. And that principal said, no, 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 not going to happen, not going to happen. And we had nowhere to go. We had no way to start. And I remember, I remember that I said, God, you will. God, you will. God, I believe because you've done things in the past. And then all of a sudden the principal goes, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Well, everyone's, you know, was like, couldn't believe it, couldn't believe it. And I said, I believe it. Why? Because God did. And so now when we were thinking about this building, I thought, oh, God, I don't know if I like this building. I'm going to move the location. I don't like that. I like that. God said, I did and I will. God did, and God will. God did, and God will. Come on, put that in your spirit. Put that in your soul. God did, and God will. God did, and God will. God is able to do all of those things. <laughs> so what do we do? Here's the thing. You've got to go back to school. Ready? We're going to get wiser. You've got to go back to school. You've got to run to the storehouse. Come on. You've got to run to the storehouse. <laughs> You got, you, got to, you got to go back to where God has done it. You got, to, you got to do, this is what you are. This is who God made you to be. Run back to that storehouse. Run in there. I love it says, the, uh, the NIV, our modern version says, that he brings out. But the words that were used, the words that in the original language there means to, to, bring, to throw out, to fling out. To hurl forth. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, oh, let's go back and let's go to the storeroom make and find a grape or something like a plum. No, he came, he ran in there, he pulled out, and he's throwing stuff out ahead of time, doing whatever he could, everything he can. We have to have that same attitude. 
we have to have that same heart. If we're going to go in, if we're going to do it all, if we're going to have everything that God wants, we're going to have to be able to believe for that. God has so much more. He ever been... Uh, you ever seen that show? I think it's a cooking show. Jackie watches it all the time. I don't know what the names are. There's so many cooking shows. And there was one where they, they have to run into the kitchen, and they're timed by like 30 seconds. And they run in, and they're frantically doing that. Have you ever, have you ever looked for something? You've got to go, you know? Maybe your husband is sitting in the car going, where is she? I, I, I would never do that, but sometimes that happens. And you're frantically looking for something, <laughs> You know, what, you don't go, oh, no, that's not it. You don't do that. <laughs> you know, you're flinging it, throwing it. You don't care, right, because you just need to bring it out. And we got to have that attitude. You understand what I'm saying? We've got to have that heart of saying, God, everything, bring it out. Look what Psalms 42, 6 says. It says, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember. Don't forget. Don't forget. In a crisis in a crisis, run to the storehouse. Run to the storehouse. Find the faithfulness of God. And that will give you the faith now. You have to find the faithfulness of God so that you can have the faith now. Do I need to say that again? I need you to put that in your spirit and understand what God is saying through this. If you understand the faithfulness of God, God, you were faithful then. You were faithful then. That means I have the faith right now for what you're doing because you were and you are, and you will be. That's the way we make it. That's the way we live wiser and not just going from crisis to crisis and understand something so much bigger. In a crisis run, find the faithfulness. You need to you you thrive. When's the last time you were willing to bring out the old? When was the last time you, you went into the storehouse and you said, God, I remember when. If you're hurting, if you're struggling, if you're wondering, God, will you, how will you, how can this change, how can this turn around, I need you to go in the storeroom. I need you to go back and say, God, I remember. I remember, and then God will. Here's a second thought. You're going to need to go back to school. You ready? We're going to go back to school because you need to turn toward Christ's love for you. You need to turn toward Christ's love. Every parable has Christ in it. I believe it. If you're ever reading a story in the New Testament or a parable, find Christ. He's always there. Because it's always about Christ. It's always about Jesus. And I think that's true here. You see, sometimes we're, we're passionate about new things or we're we're passionate about this, and we only, want, we only want the new, and we miss the passion that God has for us, the passion that God wants to do. In the Song of, of Songs, in the, it's a book that no one ever reads in the Old Testament. It's true. And mainly it's because it's filled with love poetry. We don't want to do with love poetry. And then there's chapter 7, that's probably the most uh, detailed, let me just say. And so we totally avoid that. I, I, I read commentaries, and the commentary says, well, you can just get out what you think is really best out of this and moved on. That's really what the commentary was about. I think, are you kidding? Because it's not just a story of a husband talking to his, or a groom talking to his bride 
It's a story of the Father showing how much He loves us. Of Christ talking to the bride. Of present. And what is most striking, if you get to the 13th verse of this chapter, I believe it was the very inspiration for what Jesus just gave us in that parable. Because Psalms, Song 7:13 says, the mandrakes, which is a beautiful smelling flower, the mandrakes send out their fragrance out of, out of the door in, in every delicacy, both new and old, that have stored up for you, my beloved. You say, well, how's this parable about Jesus? That's what Jesus is saying. I'm at the door. I'm bringing out the old. I'm bringing out the new just for you. Just so that you could see how much I love you. Just so that you can see how much I care. The fragrance, the food, is Christ's love for us. It's, he brings out the new of I've always loved you. Of the old, I've always loved you. And the new, I died for you. So that you can live in me. All that he's bringing out for us. That's the beautiful part. I read this one research and it talked about how that they were studying couples that stayed together for a long, 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 long time. And those that broke up, marriages ended early. And they found that it's all about communication, which we all know, right? It's either money, sex, or, or communication. It's one of those things. But communication is the real key. So what happens is with, these, with, the, with, the, with the couples is that one of them has to be really good, or both, communicators. And they found that couples that neither one are communicators, they don't last long at all. Because you've you got to talk. You've got you you to do that. But especially with those couples that were, one was a communicator, the other would communicate, they would just do it in very subtle ways, like a sigh. And that is a crisis moment, right there. When one... Because what they're saying is, hey, we need to talk, and I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Usually it's guys, because that's what we do. <laughs> or whatever. We're calling out for attention. Now, here's what happens. You have two, maybe three decisions. The other person can turn toward them and engage them. What's going on? What are you feeling? How can we, how can we help? Or you can turn away. Sighing at me. <laughs> or there's a third option that they don't really get into that you can turn against. I hate it when you sigh. <laughs> you have that option. This is, but out of all that, this is what's the most amazing. Stay with me. The couples that turn toward each other, 80, 87% of the time or more, are married for decades and decades and decades and decades. But couples that turn away usually only stay married for less than seven to five years. 37%. If you only turn toward each other 37%, you don't last long. If you turn toward each other 87% more or more, you'll be married forever. Just a long, long, long time. And I was just struck by that because I just felt like the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me and it says, are you willing to turn toward me? 
Are you willing to turn? I'm standing at the door. I'm bringing out the old. Serve me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Live holy. I'm bringing out the old, but I'm also bringing out the new. My grace is sufficient. My mercy is there. My faithfulness will ever last. I'm bringing out the old and the new. Are you willing to turn toward me? When you're hurting, turn toward the storehouse. Turn toward the storehouse. How do we live wiser? So I'm not just going from crisis to crisis. You have to turn toward God's storehouse. The Bible does say Jesus sighs every now and then, but it's usually in frustration or whatever. But there are other signs. He, sometimes the Bible says he actually knocks at the door. Hello, I got something for you. Are you willing to open? When you're hurting, toward, toward, turn toward God. Acts 3.19, look what it says real quick. It says, repent, turn toward God so that your sins may be wiped away. That times of refreshing, the good fruit, the old fruit will come. Are you willing to turn toward him? Are you willing to see what God is trying to do in your life? See, Jesus forgave you. He forgave you. And he will forgive you. People get stuck as God forgave me for this, but I don't think about now. Really? Old and new. He did. He will. His, his mercy was enough then. His mercy is enough now. His grace was good enough then. His grace is good enough now in your life. See, we've got to go back to school. We've got to go back to school. Last one, and I'll finish with this. You've got to trust God's word. You will not be wiser if you do not trust. If you do not trust what he's doing. Do you realize, walking through the airport and pulling a suitcase, thinking, God, every day that there were wheels on that suitcase. <laughs> because, see, as a husband, I get to pull two suitcases. Come on, no one I'm talking about? Yeah, come on. So I'm just thinking, yes. But did you realize we put a man on the moon before we figured out how to put a wheel on a suitcase? We put anything crazier. The men and maybe women, that put the man on the moon, walked through airports for years carrying their suitcases and couldn't figure out how to put wheels on a suitcase. The very people that did the moon couldn't figure out the wheels on the suitcase. You think, that's just crazy. What is, what is, what is, it, I think it's a perfect metaphor. God's word is powerful. He says, love me, trust me, believe in me. I'll change your life. I'll change your family. I'll change it. I can work miracles in your life. I can do all these things. I can move, the Holy Spirit can move in power and anointing. All these things can happen. And we go, oh, I don't know. See how that really works. And we miss the most simplest of the gospel of who God is, how God loves us, how God forgive, has forgiven us, and how God will continue to move in our lives. It's as obvious as putting wheels <laughs> There's a storehouse. The last thought is that we bring it out. There are people on those empty rolls that we'll put out that need God's grace, that need God's love. If we're doing just like Greg, uh, Lisa was saying, just a moment, take a moment and say, hey, come with me to church. Hey, let me tell you about God. Hey, let me tell you, I know you're hurting. I know you're messed up. Let me tell you what God can do. God's plan is perfect.
Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person here. God, we don't want to live from crisis to crisis. We want to be wiser in your word and understand your truth. Help us to cling to the old, to believe for the new, to have both in our lives, God, to change the world around us, to touch and feed our families, to touch and feed our neighbors and, and those that are hurting all around us, God, and the, for those that are living in a crisis right now, this very moment, that can't see anything but a wall of flame in front of them, God, I pray that you would give them the grace and the hope, the life to believe that as you did, so you will. And God, we just believe that. God, if there's anybody, anybody in the sound of my voice that's here or that's watching online that has not surrendered everything to you, that's holding back a little bit of doubt or fear or worry or, or pain, God, I pray right now that, God, we would go into that storehouse and pour out everything that you have given to us, everything that you want to give to us, and, God, turn our hearts toward you. We surrender all. Forgive us of our sin, of our of our rebellious attitude, of our, of our hearts that are, that are hard, that are, that are trying to do our own thing. God, cleanse us, renew us, strengthen us, empower us, Father, to live in a world desperate for you. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for forgiving us and cleansing us and renewing us in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, God is so good, isn't he? God is good. God is good. God is good, 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 good.